You're now listening to the Inside Out Podcast with Jimmy Hunt. Get it. Welcome to Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. My job is simple, to improve my mental fitness through any means possible and deconstruct what works, what doesn't, and what I think may be able to help you become mentally fitter. And quite often it leads me to some pretty interesting people, places, and stories. And today is a topical story because we're here to talk relationships and in particular, long distance relationships, something that my wife and I know quite a bit about. And so it would be stupid to have an episode on this without my lovely wife. Hi, Libby Grace. Hi, Jimmy. Um, Long distance relationships. Uh, And so if people haven't picked it up in the uh, podcast so far with your shitty internet connection cutting out and uh, bad audio, is that you live in a place called Puerto Escondido, Mexico. Uh, technically, we live in that place. But right now, I am in Tauranga, New Zealand, uh, a long, long way away from each other. And at this stage, this will be the longest period of time we've spent away from each other. And it's going to add up to about six and a half months right now. It's not the first time we've spent, you know, a significant amount of time apart. And uh, so, you know, we'll get into, we'll get into some of those, but I, I wanted to start with, I guess, my credentials in long distance relationships. How, how many long distance relationships have you had, Libby? This is my, this is my first one. Yeah. Hang on, I've, wait, let me think. I had, I did I did date one guy who um, went to Argentina um, for I don't know several months, but I kind of assumed that the relationship had ended, and I didn't realize that he hadn't. So um, that technically was kind of a long distance relationship. But except you were slutting yourself around New Zealand, <laughs> and he had no I'm idea. Just, Definitely not doing that. Just Milford, just the North Shore. Just, um, just North Shore, yeah. <laughs> no, North Shore I, girls. I think we, know. we did sort of shore girls, shore thing. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Um, we did write letters to each other for a little while, so it wasn't you know straight away. But I kind of assumed you know he might come back, he might not. But he, when he came back, he wanted to pick things up where we left off. So right. Okay, awkward, but um, yeah, no, not really, not technically. I haven't been in a right. So you you will default the expertise in this episode to me, the long distance relationship expert. Um, so my first girlfriend in high school, uh, we went out for a year or so, and uh, with a typical yes, we're madly in love, and then she decided to do a gap year, and so she went to England, and. We did the typical young, dumb thing of, you know, we'll get back together, like we'll stay together. And, you know, and um, I think it was probably far more naive on my end than hers. And, you know, a few months in, she sent me a message saying she's got a boy, new boyfriend. And, <laughs> and that, that, that old chestnut. Yeah, that, that, that broke my little heart back in the day. Oh. Um, <laughs> Oh, that's really sad. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like, you think it's a big deal at the time. You look back and go, well, that, that wasn't really. And 
then my next significant girlfriend and uh you know the story it's a it's a it's a classic but i went out with this girl for three and a half years at university and she was the year ahead of me and so she graduated before me and she decided that she was going to do nine months in South Korea teaching English. Now, this is a relationship, again, young and dumb. Um, you know, we had, we had discussed marriage and children and all sorts of things. And so she was going to Korea. We would just do a long-distance relationship. And this is back in the day before, you know, great communication on the internet. And so, you know, we sort of did emails back and forth. And then on, she was due to come back and she was only a few days away from being home. And I got a message saying, oh, I'm going to Hawaii for a week uh, for a holiday and I'll be back after that. And so I was like, oh yeah, cool. That's fine. And then a week later, I got an email that said something like, I still love you, but I'm not coming home and I'm not going to ever see you again. Goodbye. And I was this just like. The, this is the one you talked about on the You Don't Owe Me, We Don't and You Don't Owe Me and I Don't Owe You podcast, right? Oh, did I? I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. I've got terrible. I've got yeah. concussions. I don't. I don't remember the stuff. Well, this is <laughs> yeah, for the people that haven't heard that, which is yeah, which is then, which is which is then I, she, I I knew nothing about what happened, and I ended up having to get her best friend drunk about six months later, and she finally told me that at the airport, on her transit home, she had met an uh, American military serviceman. And he'd convinced her to come with him to Hawaii whilst on a stopover for a week. And he said that he'd buy her ticket home had, uh, you know, if, if yeah, at the end of that. And so she agreed. And then as far as I know from a long, long time ago, uh, she got married to him and had multiple kids. And it absolutely, you know, ripped my heart from what was uh you know a long a long term relationship that turned into a you know a decent long distance relationship that then i heard nothing i had no idea what had happened she didn't even have the guts to tell me what had happened and you know really really hurt at the time and then you know you look back and you're like well Imagine if I got married to her and had kids. Shit, what yeah. a different life that would have been. And so, but then w when you have perspective and you go, well, take my perspective out of it and look at her perspective and look at, look at her and what she would tell her grandchildren. Yeah, what a cool I met story. your I met your granddad at an airport while I was with someone else. And yeah, that's like a that's a daytime family Hallmark movie waiting to happen. Yeah, and she she ran off and you know got married to the guy apparently pretty quickly, yeah. uh, and then had kids and lived happily ever after. And um, I was talking to someone about this the other day. It's very hard to stalk um, 
woman from your past because they get married and change their names. And, uh, and so you can't, you can't find them. And, you know, over the last 20 years, you know, I've, I've, I've Googled her just to try and see, you know, I want her to be happy. I want them to still be together and, you know, have, um, have grandkids and, and be, you know, mm-hmm. and happy. And like, what a, what a rad fucking story. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if but you it- know the, the other one, which is, um, I was, I went out with a girl for about five or six months in New Zealand and she was American and she went back to Seattle. And then I decided to pack up. I, know and this go, one. I decided this to, is- I decided to pack up and, and go be with her in America. And, uh, oh, I arrived, so she picked me up from the airport in Vancouver cause it's only about an hour's drive. <laughs> and it was a really awkward car drive to her house in Seattle. And then when we got there, she didn't even let me in. It was on the doorstep. She sat me down and said, oh, I've started seeing someone else. Uh, and I'm just like, I'm in, Why I'm, did you I'm, in me I'm in Seattle. <laughs> That's my favorite story of all time that you've ever told me. It's like, right. she was so kind to pick you up from the airport. Like, what a sweetheart. I'm, I'm in, oh, I'm in Seattle. What, do I, what am I doing here? Um, she clearly still like cared for you enough to, to give you a ride. Like, beautiful. But like the, the fact that she didn't let you in through the door is just bizarre. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I mean, so she ended up, she ended up letting me in eventually because I was literally on the, I was on on the far outskirts of Seattle. This is before Uber or Airbnb or any of that sort of carry on. And so I'm literally in the suburbs, the outer suburbs of Seattle. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I kind of need somewhere to stay tonight. And, And she let me, she let me stay for like, I stayed there for about five or six days and I was sad and angry. <laughs> so yeah, I, wasn't a, I wasn't a great house guest. And I remember um, it was the very first season of the ultimate fighter, the UFC TV show. And I sat down and binge watched that at her house. Um, wow. and, and then I was like, right, what? I'm ready to go now. I'm, I'm out. Did her, was her boyfriend at the house? I never met No, 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 no. I never, I never I met him. Meet him. No. Okay. It makes um, you kind of, that makes you kind of wonder, though, like, I, hearing you talk about those situations, and, I mean, obviously that was, what, 20-something years ago? Or, or Not that old. It was, it was 15, like 15, 15 years 20 ago. years ago? Yeah. Okay. So, 17. And, you know, the internet was not really obviously what it is now, and it kind of makes you think long-distance relationships back when we were younger and, like, having, you know, relationships on and off, whatever, they – we didn't have the instant communication. We had the time zone situation and, you know, you might write an email and then the person would have to get it and then reply. Like it does kind of make you think specifically with the one, with the girl that was in uh, Korea going to the airport and finding someone that quickly and then running off to Hawaii with it. It makes me kind of scratch my head like, hmm, you know, like what was going on in Korea? Was she actually, you know, how how good or close or real was your relationship to her while you were so far apart? Because that's not the behavior of somebody who's fully invested and fully in love with the, the boy left back in New Zealand. No, like, to of course me, not. You, don't, you know, unless it's some kind of divine intervention. Okay, well, I've got I've got another one because yes. I I am the expert yeah, in, in this in this scenario, Libby Grace. And so, oh my um, God, how many times did you do this? Well, my my ex wife. So oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so yeah, we 
we hooked up about two weeks before I was moving back to New Zealand from Australia. Right. And so we sort of had a whirlwind two weeks and then I moved back to New Zealand and then we had a long distance relationship for maybe, I don't know, two months before we said to each other, this, there's something here, either I move back to Australia or she moves to New Zealand, which one's it going to yeah. be? And she ended up moving to New Zealand and we were in New Zealand for a while. And then I got a, um, I got a job offer to go back to Australia. So then we both moved back to Australia and then we both moved back to New Zealand again. Um, Mm. but that was, that was initially a, a long distance relationship for a few months that either, you know, it came to a, to a head of either we break this off right now or we make a decision that brings the distance closer and one of mm. us, one of us goes each way. I kind of think New Zealand and Australia, like what is the definition of long distance? Because you're almost in the same time zone. It's almost like one person living in Auckland and one person living in Dunedin. Yeah, you know, well, like it's not actually that much of a long distance when you're, when you're so close. Like what quantifies long distance? Well, I, I, I think that's a very, very good question. And I think, you know, Auckland to Wellington qualifies as long distance. When you're not in the same when, city. When you're not in the same city is is long distance because right. what it does is that distance removes things like um physical touch and yeah. quality time yeah. um and you know the ability to i mean there's a depth of conversation that comes with being in each other's presence compared to being over the internet. Yeah. Like pillow talk is like some of the deepest conversations you ever have in your life. Exactly. And so, so yeah, I think my definition of, of long distance is just being in separate towns. Right. Okay. I mean, well, now the, that we've defined that. Yeah. But I mean, the, the greater the distance, the, you know, the, tougher it, the tougher it can be. And yeah. so that's that's us, for example. We are a long way. It takes me between 36 and 42 hours to get from door to door, from New Zealand mm. house to Tauranga, and from Tauranga house to Puerto house. And, mm. you know, that, that, that's, about as, that's about as far as you can get. Um, and so, you know, you brought up a, a good point there, which is then we bring into into the challenge time zones time differences yeah and, and so i asked yeah so i asked for um for questions on my instagram and a whole bunch of yeah. people have uh asked questions and we're going to incorporate them into this podcast today and uh, one of those questions was about the time zones and Mm-hmm. Uh, it came from Jose Santian, uh, the lovely uh, founder and surfboard shaper of Ceviche Surf. If you need a surfboard from Mexico, uh, hey. uh, you need to you need to hit up Jose. Uh, he's he's, and he's a lovely man. And um, he asked he asked a couple of questions in there. He's had his experiences with long distance relationships, and uh, he asked, you know, what 
what about what about the time difference? Because Puerto is slightly annoying time difference. It's not as bad as Sri Lanka, like trying to talk to Talia. Um, but yeah. but yeah. Um, you know, it's it's bad. So we're I'm I'm what are you seven out? You're seven hours ahead and a day behind. Yeah, exactly. And so when I wake up in the morning, it's mid afternoon for you. And then when you yeah. go to sleep at night, it's afternoon. Mid afternoon for you. And so yeah, we get and at this- the moment in the in the summertime, it's the worst because we're in our winter. It's not so bad. It's only a five hour difference, which is slightly more manageable. But that's that extra two hours. Yeah, and so we're both active and alert. <laughs> yeah, and so people ask, you know, how do you deal with? The time differences, and this this comes down to basically communication. Is how how do you communicate in a long distance relationship? And I ask for questions, but I also ask for tips. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, Nava chimed in with a tip because our good friends Nick and Nava had, I think they had eight months apart when Nava went oh, and yeah, did a. Right. She did she a went to the UK. Very. She's smart. She did a smart thing in the UK. Don't remember what it was. And um, she's incredibly smart. Yes, yes, yes. She's very, very smart. And (laughs) one of her, um, one of her tip was to establish what communication will be and do it early and before you leave and what the expectations are. Because you and I have gone through different phases of this where I got sick of you fucking texting me multiple, multiple, multiple times per day. And yeah. then, you know, and it ended up another time flipping the other way and you got sick of me getting in touch with you multiple times per day. Leave me alone. I never got sick of you multiple times a day. I remember that first time it was when I was in Guatemala and I was like literally alone on a tiny island and I was, you know, just texting you or whatever when I could to see how you were and at that point you were off doing your own thing and it did bother you you're just like oh I feel like I'm not you're not having any space you're not having any you time I was like I didn't realize that we were supposed to be separate countries and like and actually separating our our relationship it felt really weird to me when you when you got annoyed at it but then something happened not the last time but the time before you went away and you were like, I feel like I want to talk to you so much more. Now I know how you felt when you were in Guatemala. And I was like, see, you just want to talk to the person. Like you're still in a relationship. Yeah, well, I think that's about understanding where you are as a human at the time as well because, yeah. like, we we shouldn't be using other people to complete ourselves. We should, we should be using them to enhance ourselves. And if, if a person isn't there and you fall apart as a human, then that's not a healthy place to be. Um, you know, you should be able to live uh, a whole and happy life as, as a single individual. And then anyone else adding on should be a beautiful and lovely bonus. And I think that that has like that example, which was sort of our first time where we had multiple months apart. You went to 
um, you know, but fuck fucking Guatemala in the middle of nowhere with no people and uh, in the middle of a lake. And I was in New Zealand with all my friends, all my family, all my activities, all my things to do. And, you know, when you put a relationship into a different context like that, it's very interesting to see where the growth occurs in the individuals. Because I've said this before and I'll say it again, you know, a relationship is the, um, is the total of the two individuals. It's not, it's not a separate entity on its own. And, you know, that distance for that part of our relationship was a gigantic catalyst for your growth. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's that was interesting that it did bother you and that you remarked that it bothered you because that obviously affected me. You know, I was like, Oh, that's that sucks that he doesn't want to hear from me or that he got bothered by that and so I had to look inside and go, Why do I feel the need to be in touch with him? But why do I why am I upset that it that it bothers me that he doesn't want to hear from me all the time? Like I it, it was um another avenue that I had to explore within myself of, of is this part of um, a relationship that I do where I become codependent? Like I've done that before and it, I used to think it was the opposite. I used to think it was really unhealthy if you weren't talking to each other every day. And that was a mark of a strong relationship was you're always in contact with each other. So the point of the extreme, and so it was certainly something that I had to look at and it was kind of pushed upon me. I was quite like, oh, yuck that's not nice. I don't like that. That feels icky. Why is that making me feel that way? So it was a, a, it helped me to go, okay, take a step back. And what if I don't talk to him for a day? What, you know, what else, what's that going to bring up for me and um, fill my day up with other things. And I think I, I can't remember exactly what I did. It was quite a long time ago, but I do remember there's been times where I've just gone, I'm not even going to engage. I'm not going to be the first person to say um, good morning or I'm going to wait to hear from you, see how that feels. Um, not as a trick or a, or a punishment or anything like that, just to see how it felt to not reach out and not be in touch. And it was like, oh, that's fine. Okay, cool. That doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, it doesn't have to mean anything, but it was definitely something that made me think twice about the way I um, needed to be in contact with you or, or wanted to be in contact with you. So, yeah, it was kind of, it felt a bit brutal at first, but then it was just a really good, um, a good period of reflection for me. And then the, the tables turned. There was that. There was that time recently. I can't remember when. Where you were like, literally, I was like, "Can you? I'm in the middle of something. You're always calling me. It wasn't you? Wouldn't send me a message. You would call me or video call me, and I would feel obliged to pick it up because we'd been away for a while. You'd been away for a while. I'd be like, oh, I need to. You know, he's, he's calling. He obviously, has something to say. And then sometimes it would be like, just want to say hi. And it's like, oh God, you're actually really annoying me, and I got to feel like you did. Like, yeah. Okay. This is a, this is a good point. It's a good point around the forms of communication, right? So mm. back in the old days, um, you know, with uh, with the the one that ran away and got married, she that was email. Like you know, we were emailing. Right, yeah. 
you know, long distance phone calls to South Korea were probably like $27 a minute back then. Oh, my and God, so, yeah. And so that wasn't something that uh, we really did. And I remember that we we communicated predominantly on on emails. And to go before that, the the high school one that went to England, we literally, we, we sent postcards. Um, yeah. That's how long ago that oh, was. Oh, those little tele, well, not telegrams, but those those little, I don't remember, know if you remember that. I used no, to have we sent postcards. family in the UK. And, and those little blues that, oh, you never let me explain it though. You might have, you might have used them. A postcard you can't fit much on. You can if you write real small. Okay. Go ahead. Um, and um, and and then we 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 had the occasional call. Um, this is a shout out to a guy called Flip on Y three at Bryant Hall in uh, Waikato University. Uh, smart electrical engineering kind of dude, and he figured out how to literally tap in behind the payphones and put our own phone on the telecom wires behind the payphones, And it allowed me to free call uh, her in England. And so that was, that was, uh, that was very good. Uh, Nice work flip. He still, he still follows me around and maybe he listens to this podcast. Not in prison. Thanks thanks for that. (laughs) Um, And so, um, and then uh, the Seattle girl, we used to talk on MySpace. And, um, and then, you know, all the way to now where you and I have a plethora of options to be able to communicate together and we, we use them. And so we predominantly use email for our work because you and I work together. And so our emails are basically work emails. And then we have WhatsApp because it happens to be the best at holding calls in your shit internet. And then we have telegram because that is the most secure and we can send sexy stuff to each other and it's encrypted. And then we have video calls and this is where Nav is right and about expressing what communication you want because I want to see you. I want to see your face Mm -hmm. and you're like, I don't want to be seen. Well, not always. Like, there's times where it's not about not wanting to be seen. It's more about if you video call me and I'm in the middle of something, I have to stop what I'm doing, hold the phone so you can see me, and it's it's just awkward, actually, being on a video call. I don't need to see all of my chins up close like that in weird angles. But and I want to. Like, yeah, that's fine. You, that's your own weird fetish but like it's just annoying to have to hold the phone and like be in the screen i'd rather there be we be on a call where i can have my headphones in and i can still be doing what i'm doing especially if it's just like something around the house that's so what you're saying is you want to multitask and not focus on your husband I mean, just because I'm doing other things doesn't mean I'm not focusing on you. Just like that's, that's, that's possible. Those are not mutually exclusive things in life. If, um, I can talk to you and like do the dishes, for example. That's, those things can be done together. And it's just, 
I don't know. I feel like obliged to answer a video call because they, to me, there kind of is a hierarchy of, of um, intensity or, Intimacy. or importance. No, I mean, for you to video call me, I kind of think he wants to see my face. That, that's obvious. That he, he wants a conversation. He wants me to be fully invested. And there are times when you video call me and I'm like, I'm in the middle of something, but I feel guilty if I don't answer it. And so I do, and I have to, I put aside what I'm doing. And that is a bit of an interruption every day. Fine. That's, you know, something that I can, I can do, but it is kind of, there is a point in time where it's like, I don't, I just don't want to pick that up right now. I just want to finish what I'm doing and I'll call you back. And there's those times where you will me and I'll either won't hear it or my phone's in the other room or, or whatever or I will answer but go like look baby I'm in the middle of something can I call you back in five minutes and for some reason you just have this insane ability to call me every single time I'm doing the dishes no matter what time of day I'm doing dishes because you're ever, you are, forever you are fucking doing dishes it's like a little you cook too much you make too like many dishes and you're food. forever doing them you just seem to have this little honing beacon for figuring out when I've got my hands soapy and literally can't pick up the phone. But yeah, I think Nava's right. If you've got a, if you set some guidelines around the type of communication that you're expecting or hoping for, and the other person is cool with that, then great. Like we, um, we text predominantly on WhatsApp and everyone in Mexico, like WhatsApp's, People don't text message on a regular phone. It's that's everyone uses WhatsApp. Like, that's completely normal. Because it's um, free. And yeah, well, it comes with your plan. Like it's just it's, nobody. You don't even bat an eyelid. You don't like um, when I give you a voice note. Like that's probably more common than sending a message here. If, if, that I've noticed um, particularly uh, Mexican people. Yeah, for the same use reason. Voice notes. For the same reason as you don't like video calls, no, no, it's it's a pain in the ass to listen to a video message, a uh, voice message. Oh, okay. I just I just want to but be able to quickly scan it and read it, and it interrupts my songs or my playlist. It interrupts yeah, exactly. No, I voice get it, but it's so much easier to leave a voice note, get your point across, than typing. And and my the problem with my phone as well is that I type in Spanish to some people and type in English to other people. So my spelling looks atrocious these days because my keyboards often don't understand what I'm trying to say. So I think what we're really uh, coming through with here is that um, exactly what Nava said, which is you need to discuss what works for the individual. Like, yeah. you know, don't send me voice messages. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't, don't. call Libby on video unless it's like a scenario that you've set up to be able to have that quality time together. Yeah. Um, you know, text communication is great. You can, you can, you know, get in touch with people as much as you like, you know, just, you know, thinking about you or love you or just little, little things that, um, that just let, let you know that the other person is there that are so easy to do on a text message, which yeah, took six that's, weeks that's, on a letter, but previously. <laughs> 
I think that's the important thing. You're right. It's whatever that works for that person, like understand that and respect that. And, you know, you can send a message and go, can I give you a call? Let me know if it's a good time. And, you know, that's easy enough to do. I mean, the, the time zone thing as well, you don't – I used to not want to text you when I woke up in case you didn't have your phone on flight mode overnight, but we both know we put our phones on unreachable overnight. So I'm not going to receive anything from you unless it's one of those emergency calls. I'm not going to receive it from you until I wake up the next morning. So we've got this kind of window of we know we can communicate with each other um, within certain periods of the day. Um, And, you know, it's, it's been a little tricky actually the last few weeks you've been really busy with appointments that happen to coincide with my free time and then my time where I'm busy is when you're free so it's been a, there's some times where it's it doesn't kind of work out for you and I think and last week I was really unwell as well so we didn't really spend a lot of time talking to each other and um was it Sunday we you're like can I call you I, re- I just really want to see your face and I was like oh yeah let's let's chat we chatted for a couple of hours on video calls to to catch you've been breaking up because you're shit internet and have poor communication and now you're actually just gone all right well that is another example of how communication over long distances is hard, especially when it's a place with terrible internet. Because that was another follow-up question from Jose. What do you do if you live in a place where the internet is terrible? And he's talking about our hometown of Puerto. And you just got to have the patience, really. You've got to understand that sometimes video calls don't work. Sometimes recording podcasts don't work. Sometimes you will have a day without internet and I can't get in touch with you and you can't get in touch with me, but that's just life. And there's nothing you can really do about it except roll with it. And so I want to go on to some more questions from the people on my Instagram, basically. Um, And there's a good one here sort of following on from our Love Languages podcast the other week, which was how does a long-term relationship work if both your love languages are touch? Mm, Difficult. You You just have to do – People's primary love language is is touch. Um. I was going to say you'd have to kind of fall back to your secondary love language a lot, wouldn't you? Correct. And that's what I was about to say as well, is that you need to identify the secondary and tertiary love languages and really ramp those ones up. And so so let's say, you know, physical touch is my number one. Let's say words of affirmation are my number two. And, uh, you know, gifts are my number three. Then... In the absence of physical touch, then you ramp up the words of affirmation. So you ramp up the communication. Mm-hmm. You can send gifts over the internet. Libby, one of mm-hmm. her ones, gifts, and she wasn't feeling great the other day. So I bought her her favorite thing in the world, new tennis shoes. And yes. that makes you happy. That's so good. And uh, And so, yeah, like you – 
you really need to start, you know, indulging in the other four to a, to a greater level to make up for the lack of touch. And, you know, touch is an interesting subject in terms of love languages because we can, you know, when, when we talk about love languages, we don't necessarily talk about intimate love languages. So physical touch does not mean sex. It can mean sex, and sex can play a really big part in physical touch, but it doesn't have to. And so, you know, you can you can get hugs, platonic hugs, from all sorts of people, from strangers, from mm-hmm. you know, good friends, and that that physical touch can sort of you know quench the thirst that you you know is not being satiated by by your long distance partner. So there are, there are ways to get physical touch outside of. Not during COVID, you can't. No, no, you can't. Um, that's a bit harder. But, you know, in general, you can hug your parents, you can hug your, you, get, you can get physical touch from your animals, from cats and dogs, horses, yeah, cows, whatever yeah. it does, whatever, whatever it is for you. Remember a few days ago, I sent you two consecutive messages and one said I would sell, I would give all of my tennis clothes, tennis shoes, rackets, everything tennis related just for one hug right now. And you were like, I don't believe you. And I was like, then I said, I would sell all of my, I would sell my barbell and my bumper plates and all of my gym equipment just for one hug. Right now, like that's you just miss that intimacy. Like that's tough. I'm like, let's be honest. We're obviously trying to give people tips and how to make long distance relationships work, but sometimes it sucks. It's like you just want to hug and you miss them and you just want to cry because it's like I can't be near you and I want to be near you because you know you're my husband. I love you and I and I love hanging out with you, but. There's some days where it's oh, just miss it. I just want to hug and I miss you. And it's sometimes really, really, really tough. Okay. So that was from all of these questions are from, from different people. Um, and that was, that was from one person. Then another person came in and asked, do you have the freedom to see or sleep with other people? And how do you communicate that? You know, is there a place for being able to go and get that physical touch in a long distance relationship from other people? Like for example, uh, and this is more for men than women, but you know, if you're in a long distance relationship and physical touch is your number one love language and you know, sex is a big part of that, you know, what, you know, are you allowed to sleep with other people like that person asked, or could you could you go to an escort, you know, and mm. and just have the physical touch part fulfilled by a professional? Yeah, and I think like that's a much bigger conversation than um, than we have would have time for in this this episode. But there's it also kind of hails back in our relationship. It hails back to. When we talked about the the episode when we talked about I don't um, own you and you don't owe me anything, like the type of relationship we have and the understanding that we have is that, yeah, look, if for you 
physical touch is so high and your libido is so much higher than mine and you just like you love sex right that's just a part of who you are and if I can't give that to you whether or not that's because of in our um, part of our life because I had chronic fatigue for so long and I was just like just could not be bothered didn't have energy was very very sick person we kind of established established that fairly early on was like if that's what you need and if that's like filling something in you that you absolutely need and you're you're going to really struggle to not have that then yeah who am I to, to stop you as long as you're obviously doing that in a very safe way and you know, you've got to understand that there's a bigger conversation to be had around that. And like I said, we can't kind of talk about that in, in a very small part of one episode. But um, for you being over there and me understanding that about you, it's like, you know what, It's we do have a level of freedom or openness to go if that's, if that's you know, what you need for you to be fulfilled and happy, then I don't own you. And I, you know, we do it with res- we would do it with respect and understanding that that we're both on the same page with that. But there's a lot of conversations that would go on before it would happen with us. And then also the, the flip side of that is that six months without sex is not really that long. Like in the grand scheme of things, for some people they're happy. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like for me, I could, I could probably. I mean, <laughs> Honestly, it's not a big. I, you know, I love sex. Don't get me wrong. But if I if someone said you're not going to have sex for the next five years, I'd be like, okay, I'm not that bothered by it, right? Whereas for you, it's a much bigger part of your life and your and who you are. Um, I know you would struggle a lot more than that. So I have to go put myself to one side and go. Well, if Jimmy needs to go to the park and have a good time um, and enjoy some strippers or whatever he wants to do with it, then that's his decision. Like he's his own person and I have to put my – I used to have quite conservative views around that and I don't anymore. That's, a, that's certainly been an evolution of mine that you are fulfilling a, a biological need within yourself. If that's what you choose to do, cool. We're going to have conversations around it and you have the freedom to express or be the person that you need to be, that's absolutely, I guess, a fundamental in our relationship. And I know you're like the same, same goes for me. And should I, should I turn around and say to you, Hey, look, it's been a really long time since I've had sex like with you and I really need it in my life. You know, you're away. I know hundred percent. You'd be like, cool. Like, Obviously, with a conversation and obviously practicing, you know, safe sex with other people, whatever. But it's definitely something that you have to decide as a couple. You can't just be one person's like, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm away for you for so long. I really, really need to have sex with someone and I'm just going to do it. I can think that's, that's a you know, very, very dangerous road to travel. But, you know, if we've got to a position in our relationship, we've already had those conversations. We already know where we stand with um, other sexual partners. And that's that's fine. We've had those discussions. I know I can send you off to New Zealand knowing that you're going to respect whatever it is that we've already discussed. You're going to talk to me about it. And, you know, should it be something that's, that happens, then we've already had those discussions and we're both comfortable. And also if I said to you, you know what, actually today, no, I'm not comfortable with that. Then you respect those boundaries as well because we've built up that 
good relationship and that trust over the over our relationship. We've, we've already figured it out for ourselves. And I know for sure if I said, you know what, Jimmy, actually I'm not comfortable anymore, pull the pin, you'd, you would respect that. Yeah, but 100%. again, it just comes back to, com- to, to that having those conversations and being really honest with each other. And that's just it. We've been together almost 10 years and – the amount of conversations we've had about around every single fucking possible aspect of everything <laughs> yeah. is is phenomenal. And you know, we return to different conversations all the time. And and that's the thing. You're right. What you said there's people can change your their minds at any time. And mm-hmm. you know, and the conversations need to be had. I mean, like you said, that's a that's probably a whole another podcast. But um, I think that is a whole podcast, to be honest. But like as well, like with much as it's all about you can change your mind at any time I think you've just got to understand what makes your relationship strong and knowing that it's going to be challenged whether it's to do with this particular question around um, sexual liberties or freedoms or whatever or whether it's around the communication or whether it's around availability and all that it is going to go through some really big challenges sometimes and you just like when you're in a relationship in the same house, in the same room as a person for a long, you know, for most of the day, you're not always going to be in the same mood and you're not always going to see eye to eye. So that's definitely something that you have to just keep in the back of your mind that sometimes when the person is further away and you can't have a sit down face to face conversation, the feelings and the emotions that go with whatever you're going through are going to feel sometimes a lot bigger than they would do should that person be right in front of you. And that's something you always have to be conscious of when you delve into those conversations. So like Nava said, get your uh, understanding of your communication style before that person leaves, get that under wraps, like get all the things that you can think of that might pop up, have a conversation about that before the other person leaves because having those conversations long distance, especially when the internet cuts out or if you're, you know, you're on different time zones and one of you's tired and doesn't really feel in the mood to talk about it, like those that can throw a real spanner in the works. It can be very, very, very challenging to have in-depth conversations on a technological level. And like you and I already know, is a lot of a lot of um, conversation is had without the words, right? When you're in front of somebody and there's... Yeah, there's non-verbal communication makes up the bulk Huge. of communication, which is Huge. why video so, chats are so important to me because uh, I see your face. Like the other day I was asking how you were and you're like, I'm great, I'm great. And I was looking at your face going, no, you're fucking not. And then I, you know, I could bring it out of you and then I could, you know, discuss it with you and help you with it. And, you know, that's why, that's why, you know, video chats can be so important in that way. And like you were saying, you know, this is a whole big thing for another time. We're, we're long on this episode anyway, but the last one, um, well, it's not the last one. There's a few extra questions, but this question, um, is around how do you trust the other person and what about jealousy? And so that really does get wrapped up in what you were saying earlier in a whole, in a whole different episode. But, um, you know, for me, how do you trust the other person? And what about jealousy? Is that my simple belief around jealousy is that well, I don't agree with it. Um, and well, you and don't that, experience it, not that you don't agree with it. You understand. Well, I understand it's a thing, but I just don't think like, it should be. 
an emotion that people experience. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. But but this is this is the thing is that if you started another relationship with someone else while I was away and you rang me up and you said, Hey Jimmy, uh, our relationship's over. I'm now with someone else. I had that experience before. I have had that experience many times before. Yeah. And now as a human that would hurt. There's no arguing that. Um, it would hurt, but I have the experience and the understanding that if it's meant to be, it will work out. And if it's not meant to be, then it won't work out. And every mm. one of those ones, I look back and I'm like, I'm so happy so that, bad, that, yeah. that they cheated on me, or I'm so happy that they decided to break it off with me, or I'm, I'm so mm. like, I'm so genuinely happy that all of those women taught me what I needed to be taught in those situations, went off on different tangents in their life and left me to go on this one to end me up here. And so yeah. that's why I think jealousy is a wasted emotion because, you know, if that person doesn't want to be with you, then why would you want to be with that? You, you just, you, you don't. And it's the, it's the old adage of, you know, set them free and then watch them come home because like, there is no one on this planet I want to be with more than you. And there's nothing that I would do to um, compromise that relationship. And so I would never do something stupid. I would never cheat on you and not tell you about it. I would never create a situation that allowed it to cause drama or fuck up our relationship. And mm. so, yeah. If but you, yeah, I think – yeah. You've talked about if you talk about trust, how whoever's asked that is said, how do you trust and deal with jealousy? If you if you already have trust and built that up in your relationship, then that's actually not going to be an issue. Like yes, yeah. it, it just won't. And that's where we're we've we were very fortunate that we trusted each other very quickly. And we've talked about that on another another episode. But we do trust each other. We talk about everything. And I think you probably now all aware of that. We have conversations about so many facets of life. Very, very deep and very raw and very real. And there's no holds barred there. It's like I want you to be 100% honest with me all the time. We expect that of each other. We we bring that out in each other. So if you've already got a level of trust, then I don't I don't have an issue with you. I don't have any trust issues with you whatsoever. And like I said a little earlier, if I then changed my mind about something that we'd already discussed as there's a green light on, on this aspect of our life and we understand that. And if I changed my mind about that, I'd, I'd be like, look, I've changed my mind. And you love me, care enough about me, and we trust, trust each other enough that we know, okay, cool. That's our boundaries and that our boundaries in our relationship. And they might not look like anyone else's boundaries, and I suspect they don't. But our boundaries are ours and they sometimes can move and we allow that for each other. So there's not going to be a trust issue. I mean, I'm super envious of you being over there 
and the people that you're hanging out with that I miss, the food that you're getting to eat, all of the cool stuff you're getting to do. So I do have a level of envy when there's days where it's perhaps it's been it's raining season now so there's been a couple of days where it's rained all day and then we've spoken and you're like I'm going to see this person and then I'm going here and then I'm going doing this and I'm like I just had my tennis lesson cancelled I had my match cancelled I can't do this I can't do that I'm stuck at home literally no internet today and it's like oh that's I'm so envious of of that so that plays into it but on the bigger scope of you know trusting you trusting our relationship We've already built that. We already we already have established that over the past nine and a half years. So that's not an issue for us. And like you said, if that is an issue for, for you, the listener, who's potentially in a long-distance relationship, then that's not because of the long-distance relationship. That's because of the relationship itself or the people in the relationship. Correct. <laughs> Thanks. And- and and you know, and interestingly, you know, when you were talking there, you you weren't saying the word jealousy. You were saying the word envy, and envy and jealousy are very different. And you can absolutely be envious of what I'm doing right now because I have, I have a different level of comfort in life than you do at this moment. And it's you know sometimes like, oh, I wish I could be doing that, but that's not yeah. jealousy. That's that's just that's just envy. Yeah. Um, no, I don't experience jealousy. In our relationship, ever there's there's no reason to. So if that is something that is happening in your relationship, it's going to happen whether they're next to you in the same room or whether they're you know on the other side of the world. That's, yeah, and because jealousy you know, gets is really coupled with fear. Absolutely, and, and and jealousy is the the fear of losing that person. And I'm not mm. afraid of losing you. Like no. whether whether it be, uh, you know. Uh, an accident, natural causes, or to another person, um, I would, you know, miss you massively if you were to depart this earth for whatever reason. Um, but I wouldn't even be jealous if you left because I'm not afraid of losing you. And it's that yeah. fear when you hold on to something so much that, you know, energetically the other person feels that and actually gets driven away more. Mm. Exactly. All right. No, but I'm definitely envious of all the food you get to eat. I know. I eat some good shit over here. But <laughs> then again, then again, I don't need to eat, I don't get to eat good Mexican food here. So there's there's a uh, there, there's, there's a, a toss up. There's there's things yeah. and, and it's winter and I'm fucking cold. So there's there's a difference. There's a difference. <laughs> um, we're both envious of different things. All right. Yeah. That's uh, that's our take on long distance relationships and that seems to happen with our relationship podcast Libby is every time we have one in the middle of it, we come up with about 10 other podcast uh, yeah. ideas, <laughs> um, which rem- this is, this is a, a side to the end of the podcast. Uh, Dean got in a uh, different Dean, a friend of mine from Hamilton, Dean got in touch and said, can you actually do the follow-up um, podcast on the questions that you ask each other. Oh, cool. Yeah, let's do that one. Because because we talked about that during the love languages episode, so uh, that is on uh-huh. my that is on my list of episodes to to record in the near future. Um, which couples with there's a there's a study around twenty eight uh, questions to have someone fall in love with you, which is where um, my questions actually started from, and now I've got about two hundred and fifty of them, which I <laughs> which I will. Uh, 
you know, it's worth it's worth an episode on its own. So we're going to do that. Thanks, Libby Grace. It's been lovely having Thanks, you. Thanks, Jimmy Hunt. Yes, of course. See you all next time. That was Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. See you next time. 